This is the Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Hello and welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast on which we discuss news, opinions and ideas about comedy. My name is Igor Monday. And I'm David Munoz. And today we are talking about health and safe, not health and sacrifice in comedy. So we came up with this idea while discussing, well, how to put this, put this gently. You guys can't see us. We're getting th- fat. And think, okay, <laughs> that's not gently, but you know. We're getting uh, fat, Eagle. We are We're putting on fat. weight. We are now two little roly-poly men. We are getting older. We are gaining weight way easier. <laughs> and due to our lifestyle, I would say, and that's partially because of comedy. And there's definitely been parts of my comedy journey where, you know, the, the comedy lifestyle really, really affected my, I would say, health as well, mm-hmm. and so on. And obviously, we had to sacrifice some things as well. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what we wanted to talk about today. Sacrifices we've made or we think are right to... David, stop playing with your... Belly uh, fat? Belly fat. Yeah, with your, with it's your like love, a freaking belt. Love like, handles. Yeah, no, seriously, it's like a belt around... It's like one of those... um. You know those flotation device who puts on a baby to put them in a pool? And it's yeah, like the, the donut. Yeah, the donut. Thing. Exactly. I literally have a donut around my waist now. It feels like the front, at least the front part. The sides, not so much. The Come back, on, thank God I didn't. Thank God my back fat isn't too bad. Do, do not play with your belly fat. Sorry. <laughs> I, I wish we had a video recording of this no, podcast. You don't. No, I you don't. really don't. And you guys don't either. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Be glad. But yeah, I, I mean, even even before the the, the weight problem it's mm. not a problem is it it might be anyways i would say that also because of comedy you know we had to make some other sacrifices besides the the health issues and health related stuff as well so this is something we we are hoping to discuss today so let's start with first of all you started doing comedy when ah how many years ago i want to say 2014 2015 2015. I want to say 1972, but it's not true. 2015. All right. So let's say approximately a year after me, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was about a year after you. Yeah. And and at that point, you were how old? Oh, yeah. 36. 36. And I was was 26 when I started. Right. Uh, So, you know, as a 26-year-old, I would say boy. You know, I wouldn't even say, I think that's, you know, when you're in your mid-20s, oh, yeah. you're still a kid, oh, like a so, young adult. Looking back, like you think, I'm such an adult, but no, I think 20s, you're still a child. You're, you yeah. still haven't figured out who you are. I think it's when you hit, you, you get close to your 30s is when you start figuring out who the fuck you are. Yeah, fair. So I would say that I was, you know, still a, a young, young yeah, boy, snapper. young adult. Young buck. Yep. Young buck indeed. And you were already a, 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 a grandpa. Yeah. So, an, an, Born a oh, grandpa, living as a grandpa, always being a grandpa. That that would be much. Grandpa, if, if, if we started Actually, this podcast, as a kid, sorry, yeah, yeah. I want to say if we started this podcast seven years ago when we started mm-hmm. comedy, it will be called a young buck and an old fuck. Yeah, <laughs> uh, totally. But the thing is, like, even as a kid, I used to like when I thought when I got older, like, oh, I'm gonna be older, family. I always pictured myself as a grandpa. I just, the whole adult, like, you know, being a dad part, I kind of skipped over. I was like, no, nah, I think it'd be cool to be a grandpa. Because, you know, you get to do the cool grandpa stuff and you see them on the weekends and then you get to piss off. Yeah. You don't have to deal yeah. with them. That sounds much better than being a dad anyway. Yeah, so totally. Just, you know, when, when you are when you get to a grandpa age, which you're approaching mm. at, a, at, a, at a exponential rate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just adopt a, a grown-up. Yeah. And then you'll be a, you know, a grandpa by proxy. To their kids, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can say that 
seven, eight, eight years ago when I started doing comedy. You know, I was 26. I was still kind of full of life, full of energy. I had all the time in the world because at the point, at, at that point, I was working basically one day in two weeks. I had that kind of job wow. where I where I was very free. Mm. So that means I could spend evenings, especially weekends, at bars. Hanging yeah. out, drinking, doing comedy, staying up, partying all night and stuff. And I had all the all the necessary, you know, like requirements for that. I had time, I had energy. I didn't have that much money. But it but, was enough to buy a but drink. But it was enough for drinks. And uh, yeah. I would maybe earn some tips doing comedy as well mm. and stuff. And that's how I did like the first few tours that I traveled on my own expense. And obviously didn't make the money back and stuff because I was ready for that. Let's go. Let's sleep in cheap hostels, like eight people in a room. Yeah. Let's stay up all night partying after every show yep. and still make it to the next city and next show and stuff like this. While at this point, I go to a club and every time it's a very hard decision. Should I have that? beer before the show because i might be suffering the next three days after yeah uh -huh. and uh yeah so so let's start before we get to the health let's start maybe with some other sacrifices that we've made or comedians maybe should or shouldn't make uh for stand-up would you say that okay in this like last seven years of doing what's your biggest sacrifice what's the biggest thing you've oh. lost or or donated or invested into stand-up, what, what do you think? Was it time? Was it money? Was it energy? Was it, I don't know, friends, family? Was it a house, car? <laughs> what, Firstborn what, child. What have you lost? lost? Lost in a bit. No, I would say time, but not, not, not maybe friends. I don't know. I, I just, I don't think I have sacrificed. I think maybe that's probably the reason. Maybe that's, maybe that's, that's why, why you have not succeeded. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't sacrificed shit because I've gone, oh, fuck, it's not that big a deal. No, but it was, it's... For me, yeah. okay. So, so one thing I've noticed, like, okay, when it comes to friendships, and we were discuss, we've discussed this before, where it's, it's always that weird thing of like, you want to invite your friends to come to your stand-up show, but um, correction, you don't want to invite your friends to come to your well, but you kind of got it because they you, you, early, early, in, like I when I just started, and then not when I just started, like first I know three yeah. five performances, I was too shy for anyone to see me perform, anyone that knows me. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, this is going well. People laugh and like me. Let's bring everyone who I know to see this because it was like you know mm. a little like brag, you know, yeah. look at me killing it on stage, right? So I would invite all my dates to stand up, obviously. I would invite yeah. all my friends I had, come and see me. Be all at the same guy. time, all your dates, all, all of Both of them, your friends, both yeah. of them I would invite to stand up. But, you know, but so now- three people at a table. Yeah, but now I think after that initial, you know, thing wore off, when mm. it's just a thing of like prestige and, you know, I'm a cool <laughs> guy, I'll stay, shut up, shut up. <laughs> So, no, 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 no. I, <laughs> prestige and comedy. I don't know if they really go together. You know what I, I mean? mean? Like you're kind I, of. I mean, can me? I'm just picturing this. Like, what do you do? Well, I'm uh, I'm an expert in Middle Eastern philosophies and uh, and the historical value of the Ottoman Empire. Oh, very good. And what do you do? Well, I'm a I'm a dean and a don at Oxford University. You, I'm a stand-up comedian. Oh, very prestigious. Very prestigious. Well, that's the first two examples are not prestigious. They're just pretentious. You're just confusing. <laughs> those words right. but i mean i think in a group of friends when you say like yeah i'm a stand-up comic i oh, come yeah, on stage yeah, yeah. and i perform and they're yeah, like go, oh, oh my god that's really cool yeah. so for them to hear it it's one thing but for them to come and see mm. and then see other people really kind of laugh and enjoy and kind of shake your hand and pat you on the back after the show i think it's quite a good you know yeah like, yeah no it's an ego boost a, a trip yeah but, I, but do you get like after a point you just 
don't want to invite people. Yeah, but that's that's when you usually when you stop wanting people to come. That's when you start needing people to come. Yeah, and because that's where the I, organizers of the show are like invite your friends. Yeah, can you send some personal messages? And you're like, I don't want to bother my friends, like, because now it's like shit. They've already been, and I only invited them last week. If I invite them this weekend, they're gonna look at you like, really? You want me to go again? Is it at least new material? No, it's the same one you saw me do last week because I'm still working on it. Yeah, you can Man, sell that kind fuck? of, you know, we're friends, so you owe me this a couple of times. <laughs> then you can se- sell this kind of, we're acquaintances. So Remember how I covered that taxi ride? You owe me, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Come to my show. <laughs> and and if, you, if you remember how I covered that taxi ride, <laughs> I covered it orally the same way I do stand up. So I, I and, and, and then it's kind of acquaintances. It's kind of like, oh, this might be interesting for yeah. you to see me kind of half stranger, half friend, perform mm. stand-up. And then when it's kind of audiences you met on shows, you're like, oh, you've been to the show three months ago. Well, now we're doing a bigger paid show. We worked towards this yeah. and, you know, come and see it. So, you know, you still have some angle to to sell it to them and to pitch it to them. But after some period of time, it just becomes like, here's another show I'm inviting yeah. you. Here's another show I'm inviting yeah. you. And as an organizer, which I worked for, I don't know, five out of, out of eight years, I've been a performer. Five or six years of those, I've been also an organizer and producer of shows. Mm-hmm. And I've invited so many people on my Facebook through those events, personally through like direct messages and stuff. Yeah. Hey, there is a show this Friday. Please come. Putting it on my Facebook. Like at this point, my Instagram is 90% stand-up and 10% my personal life, <laughs> especially since I stopped traveling or anything like this starting the pandemic. Has anyone ever unfriended you? Like You're like, I think they unfriended me because I kept inviting them to the stand-up shows. Uh, I don't keep track, but I believe that's a very, very viable uh, <laughs> possibility. possibility. Yeah. So, well, that's what I'm worried about. So, this is, my tactic is is sort of like I I might like if I invite people, like people like when I come, I go, okay, then I won't invite them until I hear them go. Oh, so when is your next show? And then I'm like, gotcha. Yeah. Like honestly, it's like you're fishing, right? It's like fishing. Like you drop in the bait. They might like you get one and then you instead of like you know just trying to grab the same one you're like just you're like tugging it in front of them like you might mention a show you just did or something like that and then hopefully eventually they might go oh wow so when's your next one and you're like oh really gotcha bitch and then you're kind of like okay so what's the good one they should come to have you ever done that where like like you might even have like a group of friends and you're like okay i'll invite these ones to this show i'll invite those ones to that other show and then i'll tell them all that i have this gala like you know the big show here so they will all come to that one but then after that i'm not going to invite them to like the next three months to anything because they're not going to come well i've had when people ask me you know like uh oh you do stand up i'm like yes when's your next show and it's literally like i don't know in two days yeah but it's like this friday showcase where i'm kind of i could go either way and you know someone and you want to make a good impression yeah so someone like not very dependable is hosting and like you're hosting the show right and and there is a lineup of i don't know like three open micers and stuff and i'm like yeah not this not this weekend no i'm not doing i'm doing like in two weeks we have a a showcase it's a paid show and they're going to be like three foreign comics are really good so come to that yeah nothing sorry nothing before no no i can't because it's not even that i don't want them to see me struggle or something just like they would come they probably wouldn't have a great time. Maybe they would have so an they won't okay want to come time. Back again. They wouldn't want to come back again. And it's going yeah. to be like, well, I came as a favor to you, but that's, you know, I don't want to, yeah. that's it. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of done with this type of entertainment or yep. whatever. So I would actually like them to come, and especially if they're spending some money to yeah. actually enjoy the show and get a good show. Yeah, I, I always I always feel weird. Like people are like, oh, when is your show? Like maybe they've never seen it from that. Oh, when are you going to do stand-up? Like, when, we like to stuff, love to see your show. When's your next one? You're like, this one, but I'm hosting. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, ah, uh, and part of me is like, actually, that's kind of good because you, they see quite a bit of you. 
and you actually get to drop little bits of material throughout. I would I would always invite I would rather invite people to the shows I'm hosting. Yeah. Because you have both it's a win-win situation. Mm. If you do really well, you're kind of like they saw me in the best possible light. Mm, but okay. if you do kind of just okay, that was your job to be the shadow, to be yeah. the MC, you know, like not to over overshadow others, yeah. you know, like not to take the spotlight. So I'm like, oh, I guess you, you're not familiar with the stand-up format. I'm just there to announce, you yeah. know, I'm not there to kill, to do any jokes. I'm a hype so, guy. That's yeah. kind of like a hype man. That's so my thing. plus I, I would argue that especially after like years and years of hosting. Hosting was my strong suit. Mm. Other than there was a period of time when I could do a good 10, 15 minute set, but put me as a host and I'll probably kill it. Like with the yeah. crowd work and stuff. I just said that practice, right? Yeah. So uh, it would even be better because always people appreciate that much more than the written bits nah. when you just like kind of, you know, bantering with the crowd. So I was like, okay, I'll invite them to the shows I'm hosting because it's you know a safer bet for me. Right. Um, so yeah, so I gotta say that that is probably one of it. Uh, like that that would be the the kind of sacrifice. Like yeah, not in the sense, but like in the sense of like you sometimes feel like once you invite someone to a show, you're like you're now in the circle. <laughs> like you are now within the vortex. You cannot escape. You must come to more of my shows. You've come to one. You will now come to all of them. All it, of them. Face off though. I mean, like I'm surprised. I've done this like best of show last month a month ago mm. approximately it wasn't a big venue like 60 something people and i did it i didn't invite anyone personally i mean like mm. i didn't write to people hey haven't seen you in a while want to come to the show yeah. i put it like on my instagram i put it on my facebook and usual like channels of promotion and there were at least 20 people that came that came to like some shows a year ago, three years ago, seven years ago and stuff who were like oh i'm glad you finally did your own show and i was so happy to come and hear some old jokes again and how they evolved and hear some new jokes and so on. So also you did, you did advertise it as your last show in Moscow. So they kind of knew that this would be like last opportunity. That's also, so that's another factor that, yeah. that comes into it. Because if you had just gone, it's a special, maybe some of them would have gone like, eh, I'll catch the next one. That's the problem when you invite people to like weekly shows, because you're like, Oh, Hey, come this Friday. And they're mm. like, uh, but this, doesn't this happen every Friday? I'll yeah. catch you like in three months. Yeah, I'm exactly. Good. I'm good. Like I'll catch you in three months. Yeah, because so, not that many people actually go to comedy shows every week. Yeah, well, they don't have to go every week. But I mean, even if you invite them to a specific, specific show, they're yeah. like, but they, you know, I can't really make it, but that's, that's not a problem. I can mm. make it any other time, right? And then they never come. But you know, they have that in their mind, like, oh, I can anyways go whenever I want. Yeah. But all right. So in terms of like, Friends, we haven't lost much because mm. uh, we didn't have much to begin with. Uh, <laughs> in terms of money, would you say that you've spent or, in other words, wasted? No, invested? No, because uh, I, I've, I've not done those tours that you have, like through Eastern Europe. I, I never... I never got invited. How dare you, Eastern I Europe? Never, I I've never got invited. I've done all regions of Europe. Okay, well, I've never got been invited to those, so I wouldn't really know because nobody invited me. Um, well, I guess you were too busy touring <laughs> Siberia or whatever the fuck you were doing. Well, yeah, but that, that was part of a normal holiday anyway, so that money was being spent. See, I, that, that's the way I mainly did Or I did those little, uh, you know, the little town tours that we did nearby, uh, which were also awesome. And we always, I think, but those actually even. made us. Those, yeah, those they actually made money or broke like even. Small, or small, but they usually yeah. made money. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I never actually had to sacrifice money in that regard. So no, I would say the money has not been an issue. I mean, it was supposed to be an issue. <laughs> One that I had uh, wanted was the, to do the Edinburgh, mm -hmm. but because of COVID and all that sort of shit, that hasn't happened. Although it's apparently happening this this year for any of our listeners who are in Britain, come um, and see us in Edinburgh if yeah. we're going to be there. 
we'll record more podcast episodes and you can listen to those as well but come and say hi if we're going to be there i hope i'm going to be there david might be there yeah maybe neither of us are going to be there because you know yeah so this is this is the issue exactly we're having whether i'll be able to make it or not otherwise it would be great but unfortunately yeah the money is the the main sacrifice that i'm not willing to sacrifice this is my problem although part of me is thinking maybe i should well, that's, I, I think know. that's, uh, especially the first run on Fringe, it's it's always ends up in basically losing money. Right? Oh, absolutely. And no, no, no. Really... I do not plan to make a single pound off it. If I made tips, like I, I ended up spending less than what I had originally intended, I, I'm winning. Like if I, it's like, okay, I, my budget is, you know, 600 pounds and I ended up making 100 pounds. So really the trip only cost me 500. I would see that as a massive win. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so so my thing is like, yeah, it's it's the price, if it ends up being less than what I originally intend, anything is like cream. But I do expect to spend money. I'm not going to walk out. It's impo- I do not expect to come out breaking even or anything like that. Well, no. even the tours that I've done and stuff that, you know, there were shows where uh, it's a showcase yeah. and it's a, it's a, let's say, I don't think it was a paid show or maybe it was a paid show or it was a bucketed show or something mm-hmm. like this that I've done. Basically, you know, Saturday evening, Yeah, uh, I remember one particular venue. It was a very posh kind of high-end French bar yeah. tied to a French restaurant yeah. in the center. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very pricey, especially back then, like five, six years ago. Uh, you know, like a, a beer would cost you 15 euros. Is that even? Po- no, it wouldn't be 15 euros. It would be, ah, oh, God damn it, man. I don't know, eight, 10 euros, right. which is still a lot, right? And uh, basically, we would go there, we would do a show. Uh, it would be four comedians. It was a showcase. And at the end of the day, like when we get the bucket or whatever it was, I think it was a bucket, we would split the money while some would go to the organizers, like 30% we would always keep uh, for the organizers for promotion and stuff like this for running yeah. ads. And then we would s- split the rest between the comics. And as a comic or a host, whatever, I would get something like six euros. Right. And one beer was eight euros. So I would go there, I would get two beers waiting for my spot and i would lose money mm-hmm. yeah. basically just leaving home knowing that i'm gonna have at least a beer there or like mm-hmm. a pepsi was i know five euros so yeah. if i have like one pepsi or one cup of tea or something i still earn like one euro which yeah. is nothing Woo! and then if i have anything else especially it's like saturday evening and you come there i don't know like 7 30 you're gonna be there till mm-hmm. 10 30 11 till the show finishes you kind of eat something as well i would always lose everyone will lose money on those shows yeah yeah you know so and basically, the tours first. Really, like, all you're doing is getting a discount on drinks and food. Well, anyway, that's of, one way to look at it. Like, kind of. Yeah, yeah you, you just got a discount. You got that's one, it. one drink for free or almost for free. Yeah. And uh, first few years, actually, like, performing. First drink for a euro. Oh, thank you. <laughs> first few years performing, there was the bar where we performed. They had this policy that all the performers get a beer. Like mm. you, you could get a, a beer for free. It was obviously like the cheapest kind of shittiest uh, watered man. down lager yeah. that usually costs like nothing anyways, but you would get that beer for free. And some, some people would come on stage just to get that beer for free. So it was still yeah. something, yeah. but you know, it's not really. And then the tours obviously uh, cost me a lot of money that you could pay back some of it because when you go on tour, you charge for the show mostly mm-hmm. and stuff, but still you lose money on like, especially not even me, but the other guys that went that needed visas and so on. Yeah. Yeah. And even guys who go to like fringe and need a visa and everything. So, but I think first three tours I, I've done lost me money. And the fourth one was a commercially successful one. And it actually made us all money. And I think overall I've made money with comedy. 
especially yeah. with like producing and stuff. I made money overall, but I've lost money in particular instances. Mm. And you know, there would be cases where I'm literally leaving leaving home and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to I'm, I'm not now going to pay to perform. Yep. Because I'm kind of spending money on two drinks, earning money that covers less than one of those drinks, only to do a 10, 15 minute show for 50 people. Yeah. So I'm lose I'm paying to do comedy, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's if you think of it as a hobby, you always got to spend money on a hobby. That's just it. Like, unless I mean, even being a chess player, okay, so you spend money on a board, on a chess board. Uh, you probably spend to go to clubs or be a member of a club or something like that. Like, everything you have to spend money on. So, in a way, that's the way I see it. So, I, I don't consider it a massive sacrifice. As hobbies go, it's a cheap one. It's a cheap one. And, and it's one where you, you not only get to spend money to perform, but also you are drinking alcohol and having food. So, it's good. The problem is drinking the alcohol and the food at these, I mean, our hobby is in a bar. Pretty much, we're well, in bars. Let's 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 talk about sacrificing your health. But Oy. before that, about the finances, one final thing to to mention. I've learned that since since I've become, let's say, experienced and good enough, so to speak, to like reach out to some organizers in different cities around the world and actually doing my set and charging money for it, mm -hmm. I can now travel just to, to travel for fun, right? right? But also book myself a show. And I've yep. done this like three, four times in different countries and cities and earn money and cover a part of that traveling expense, which means exactly. that it's just discounting. Hobby, You're just using a hobby as a discount. Yeah, but I'm not traveling discount to card. perform. Yeah, that's yeah. the funny, that's the, the, the kind of the, what the, I did the catch, yeah. right? You just, I'm already there. There's already an audience. Yeah. I do already have my 20, 30, 50 minute hour set. Mm -hmm. Why not do it? And then I actually earn some money so it's yeah. you know just just earning money which is great uh and i think that's 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 a very great way to to combine those things like you mm -hmm. know you travel and you do your hobby and you earn money which means that you are now at some different like semi-professional level or something because you are profiting from comedy uh but about the health issue yeah the fact that we do get some free drinks sometimes mm -hmm. we do spend like the whole evening in a bar usually after the show as well some yeah. hangout we go to a different bar we order what do you eat in a bar you don't eat some like burgers, rice and fries, burgers, quesadillas, pizzas, quesadillas and so on nachos nachos uh you drink beer maybe something even uh stronger than beer oh, etc you stay up all night party all night long all night this is becoming an nft <laughs> so yeah so that's you know do you think it took a toll on your physical or mental health well yes and no um i would say because yes because it's it's a temptation it's the temptation of like before you're set, you want to relax, so you have a beer. Afterwards, you want to unwind, so you have a beer or two. Especially, I think uh, after a good show or something like that, when you're hanging out, uh, especially if it's a it's a place conducive to comedians hanging out afterwards, you end up sitting around a table, and then maybe some people from the audience will join you and whatever, and then you end up having drinks and you meet new interesting people. So why not? You're gonna you know bond over drinks. So bond over drinks is the next uh, James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah. Double so, seven bond over drinks. drinks yeah. And um <laughs> yeah, just him and Blofeld over the over a drink, finally bonding. Martini. Yeah. I'm sorry I tried to kill you, Bond. Shake <laughs> it's and, okay. Shake and not stir bond but, over drinks. But the thing is, like, so yeah, so you, you spend your time there and then you end up like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, uh, you're drunk. The the hangover the next day is gonna be a bitch, especially the older that you get. 
But, you know, you're having fun at the time. You're like running on a ball. And then, you know, like we said before, you're, you're buying a burger and fries and whatever. And then you end up grabbing that taxi home and because you missed the last metro you finally stumble into your bedroom you don't even sure how the hell you got there you pass out the next morning you wake up with a massive hangover i thought Um, you were going to say with a massive erection yeah depending who did you go home with someone or not maybe that's why if you're alone Uh, then you have the massive erection yeah so at this point yeah and oh and of course uh because you're in bars a lot a lot of comedians, I think, tend to smoke and things like that. There's a lot of smokers amongst it. So uh, you chain smoke, cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. So I think when it comes to that sort of thing, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And, and if you get if you don't eat at the bar and you but you want to leave and you want a midnight snack, what places are open at two or three in the morning? Usually not health bars and stuff like that. You know, you're not going to find a salad bar open. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. KFC, McDonald's, whatever. Shawarma. Shawarma place. And you end up eating those while stumbling home if you're within walking distance or not. Sometimes you're just like, fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'll walk it, you know, like screw that. And all of a sudden you realize you've been walking for an hour and a half while eating a shawarma, which is half dribbling down the front of your coat. But that's just it. I mean, it's fun. Like in a way, I'm a little bit nostalgic now. I'm like, I miss The question days. is, would you be doing that exact thing if you weren't a comedian? We'll just do on Friday, Saturday evening. Well, especially some Only years not ago. Only frequently. That's the difference. Well, yeah, I think it's that's the, the frequency. Because yeah. we, in order to do I think we have to be there every weekend if you're going to do it right. And if you're doing it proper, proper, you're doing it four or five nights a week. Like some, like proper comedians are like constantly every night out there. And this is where I kind of said yes or no before because we could do without it. Like I did a, a year, I went one year dry, right? So last year- yeah, well, yeah. Last year, I did a dry year. My wife and I both decided. You did to no, you did no jokes. <laughs> Not that dry. The other dry. Uh, no, dry humor. Dry oh, humor. But I'm ching. Um, everything with a stoic face uh, and a British accent. Um, oh, but- blimey. <laughs> Not that British accent. <laughs> not, not not freaking Cockney chimney sweep. Um, <laughs> Oi, Gov, how's it going? Hey, yeah, a good one. Uh, go up the pears. All right, uh, Governor. Apples. Um, yeah, anyway. God, our horrible... We are so sorry to all the British listeners right now. We Nobody listens to really? us. Really? There are oh, thank fuck. Zero no British listeners. They have yeah. much better podcasts to listen to. Yeah, and, and the Americans have gone, oh, that sounds very British. That was yeah, yeah, That's how on. the Queen speaks, right? The Queen and Adele. Um, so the the thing is, so I did a whole year dry. I didn't have a drop of alcohol and I was surrounded. And the weird thing was other comedians like, oh, let's go for drinks afterwards. And they look at you like, oh, can you join? Because it's like, you know, I can still join you guys just because I'm not drinking alcohol. But but you won't have any you? fun. Yeah. And so, you won't be fun to be around. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, we're going to get shit-faced. Um, so that was... That's the thing. So that's so you can do it dry. I think it's a choice thing and it's a temptation. It's about the willpower. You can do it. You don't have to eat the quesadillas. You don't have to order the burgers. You could eat healthily before you go out, not have a single drink. Of but course. That's, yeah, but that's that's, that's I mean, the atmosphere. Because if you talk about like some, if I now try to remember, you know, those tours, those shows, like, mm. you know, I remember the show itself, but I also remember the fun surrounding the show like before yeah. remember the festival we did in st petersburg yeah uh where basically like three of us we came i think using different modes of transport in at different times mm-hmm. but then then we all met at this street that's very popular with a bunch of bars and stuff mm-hmm. it was maybe i don't know 4 p.m the yeah. shows were at 7 or 8 7 probably we met up at 4 p.m went to have some 
food, I think even. Yeah. And we ended up having, I don't know, four or five beers each. Uh, the the <laughs> bar was buying us drinks because we were like foreigners and quite loud in there. And they were like, let's, let's. <laughs> loud foreigners. Yeah. This is when, when, when Russia was really cool with loud foreigners. They were yeah. happy to see loud foreigners. It was like six months. I think it was yeah. the summer of the World Cup or something, <laughs> or was it 2019? I don't remember. But yeah, anyways. And, uh, you know, we, that, that whole experience, Plus that show, and then yeah. after the show, we met up with our uh, with other comedians. Went to a bar, and then everyone kind of kind of got boring and stuff. And only few of us, uh, your friend Karen, who's a comedian from uh, I want to say Guatemala. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's right. She was. Sh- yeah. Shout out to Karen. Uh, Yo, Karen, our, how's it going? Then our friend Danton, who's now a stand-up comedian mm. in Toronto, yeah. originally from the states. Yeah, he's was, back there. Yeah, I keep seeing things on Instagram. Hey, Danton, how's it going? Hey, Danton, shout out. Uh, our friend Arun, who's now in Melbourne. Hey, also doing Arun. Stand-up. Hey, Arun. Uh, just, did, just did the Mel- Melbourne International Comedy Festival Did he, well. motherfucker? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw the poster for that thing. Yeah. And they misspelled something. And I was like, what the hell? Like, they, they screwed up one of the tense, past tense. Uh, they used regular when it should have been irregular. Uh, it was so unprofessional. Was so unprofessional. Like, yeah. Horrible. Anyways. Uh, I really so, hope you're doing better. And I hope so you're going I, over I, that. I think it was only five of us at the end of that kind of second yeah. bar where we went for drinks. Yeah. Then we went kind of partying and dancing all night long yep. and went home at, well, didn't, we finished partying at maybe six. Then we went to oh, Subway. We had some really good ribs earlier on, just after the show. We ended yeah, up yeah, in we a went corner to, rib shop. Yeah. And because I remember Danton was like, like literally like pulling them in and going, this is so good. This is so, I think he ordered like a second rack didn't he oh, Could yeah. be. sounds like that so like yeah Anyways. barbecue ribs delicious <gasps> we went to that club that was on the corner yeah the, the kind of latino club or something it was like a cuba uh, it was, no, was a, but it was a special thing Fidel you had to Castro knock on the door thingy. no no that was the one after that no the one on this that was on the second floor you had to go it looked like a, an apartment building oh no that was an after party for the comics for the yeah, festival that was yeah. the comedian yeah so the we festival there, after party drank for free because it was like for we comics. also smoked some interesting things this i i didn't attend but oh uh, really oh shit. but apparently Sorry. you know apparently it was a thing this yep. is becoming an nft yeah uh, david <laughs> confessing that he smoked some weird stuff uh but uh or, no, 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 or good people stuff. have good smoked stuff. some yeah good stuff. some people allegedly good stuff. allegedly um so yeah and then we ended up like partying until six in the morning then we went to subway uh ate some very tasty i want to say sandwiches and then went home around eight in the morning jesus and uh yeah that was performing that same day yeah it was the same i did no no as in we went to sleep and then had to perform later on no 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 that was already that was us to leave yeah yeah right so but but (laughs) i remember i i had this uh fitbit kind of thing the bracelet Mm. thing on, on my uh hand and because i came that day went walking around the city then met with Arun, one of our friends and comics. Then we walked a bit more, then we met you. Mm. Then we went like performed and stuff. In total, I had something like 42,000 steps Right. My, and we danced all night and yeah. stuff on my and that's the most steps i've ever done in like you know eight hours <laughs> or something just crazy but yeah and it was so much fun it God. was so much fun and i remember that bit yeah. even more than i remember you know which See, it was show, healthy well it was healthy i did many steps yes but it, i remember that whole experience much more than i remember i don't know which joke worked and which didn't or how much money how much tickets did, how many tickets did i sell yeah. for that show or something like this so exp- tours uh, tours and like stories from the tour if i now yeah. remember like the first tour we went to 2016 i mostly remember where we drank and how we like yeah. struggled to get on the bus for the next show and stuff like this so i think there is some and plus it's it's an even this you know when we had those headliners guests that were coming here and performing yeah. we would always take them out for drinks afterwards and even that networking and stuff it's also it's important it's investment 
in, you know, if you're planning to turn this hobby into a semi-career career, it can pay off but just by meeting people, hanging out with people, Absolutely. audience as well. You go to a different city, someone recognizes you, people yep. listen to a podcast you do, you know, like networking, meeting people, like it, it can pay off, but I think health-wise... It does take a little bit of a toll. It, yeah, yeah, it does. Especially as, as older you get mm. and when, you, when your body just doesn't agree with that yeah. lifestyle and, you know, when you start gaining weight, you yeah. start, I don't know, feeling hangover for like not a few hours, but a few days after yeah. drinking and you can't do those long trips. I don't know, you can't, you know, it's, it's really... But at the same time, there's got to be a way because, okay, let's take for... Ex- okay, so let's think of some big name comedians. So, okay, so one, I mean, some comedians are kind of famous for this bad living lifestyle, Dylan Moran, right? You know, he was always the uh, acerbic, uh, you know, satirical kind of acid-tongued Irish guy who was constantly drinking red wine on stage you know he was the wine drinking you know even did what black books where he basically that was his character was basically an exaggerated version of himself drinking wine being pretentious and and acidic and acerbic to acerbic to, to other people so that's it but even he stopped drinking if i recall he well yeah he had to like stop notorious like jim jeffries yeah. who would always come on stage and have like several beers during his performance and getting like drunker and drunker as the show went on and even people like ricky gervais who would have a like a few he always uh, has a pint behind the the plinth like he has a little plinth and if you notice every so often he pulls out and just has a little sip and he puts it back yeah and usually it's like a huge can of fosters or something uh it probably like you know uh, also it's a kind of placement right yeah, and yeah. product placement and stuff but still but i don't see it was like 10 years ago mm-hmm. i think nowadays they don't do it anymore because also you know their their body doesn't agree with product placement anymore <laughs> uh, or their agent i don't know but uh yeah so definitely i think i don't regret like three five ten years ago when mm-hmm. i did those things but i think nowadays i just couldn't keep up with such a such a lifestyle in terms of like the the health yeah. requirements uh and and repercussions of that all right so so friends covered money covered health covered yeah yeah but i'm saying there's still a choice with that yeah there's always a choice you I mean, just the don't have is, to do it the other one i was thinking of um what's his name the guy who does the the british guy we were talking about the other day um the the football he was about to be a professional for he could have been a professional football player but he went to russell howard there. russell howard that's it he's a fit guy always has been a fit guy but like we were saying he um He's a he, thick guy? No, fit. Oh, a fit, fit guy. guy. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, he's fit. He's fit. He's a, he's a fit lad. And um, he was like, he could have been a professional football player. It's been discussed. Like he even had like some possibilities and chances. So he's obviously kept himself fit. He's always been fit. He's always been uh, relatively slim. And even now, like he's a little bit, he's about, well, he's about my age. A bit younger, a year or two younger. Yeah. Um, but it, you do, it's not really that noticeable yet, but it, it's starting to be noticeable on him. But mainly just in the face sort of stuff, which is what I was saying. Like, you know, he's still wearing jeans and the sports shoes and the T-shirts, like what he was wearing in, like, which looks cool in your 20s, passable in your 30s. But now it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, you're dressing like a teenager. At what point are you going to change? Because he still has that kind of laddish, like, guy that you can meet at the pub. He's really sweet, really nice, funny as hell. 
But, you know, he's not pretentious, but he's smart, obviously. Well, he's insightful, I think that's, but this is the character. The difference is because the level that he's doing this on. True. It's, you know, he doesn't spend every Friday, Saturday, or maybe several days a week in, well, a, a, TV in a basement show. bar and shit, yeah. you know. He like, was honing his craft can, on TV. Yeah, he can do writing at home and do yeah. like one show or one special a year. The rest of the time spend in the gym and pay like a professional, I don't know, dietitian or fitness trainer or whatever yeah and that's what you know it's on some I think level at that level yeah i think you're right because uh, when he talks about like you know when he was in the car with the other comedians like well oh, i think there's a whole group of them that used to live together like they they literally like flat shared and they i think they've all all of them have become big names sort of thing uh in their own rights so like all of them moved on. But the thing is like, you know, he's talking about like all of them being in the car, car breaks down, they're at the petrol station, they're buying bad, cheap food and things. And he's doing what we just did. You know, he's reminiscing because, you know, the documentary about him. But you kind of get the feeling like, yeah, you haven't done that in probably 20 years now, or 15 years. Like yeah. you've stopped doing that because once he got his TV show, he was already well established well that's that the point. that's the circuit life you know when you're just doing the yeah the, the, the regular weekly shows and the circuit and you're but some people around. can't escape that like russell made it big right you know ricky has made it big all these guys like dylan moran they've all made it big they don't need to do those circuits anymore like you said but not everybody gets there not everyone like they were lucky like those guys that all live in the flat i think they all move pretty much into bigger circles but not all of them have or some only go semi they still have to do the tours and i once met a guy who you know in, in madrid who who had that like he had been part of like the circuit in in new york and things like that he was around the same time as bill hicks he knew them personally like they all hung out they used to go for drinks afterwards so he was part of that crowd but he obviously never made it to massive international he just moved around he even quit for a while and then he kind of came back to it but he's only semi doing it but he was talking about, you know, buying fast food at one o'clock in the morning and still doing that at his age sort of stuff. And, and uh, you know, and just that kind of just that, that harder life sort of thing. Like, you know, there's still drinking was a big part of it and going for drinks. And, you know, it was a great time. I hung out with him. He was a really cool guy. I really enjoyed it. But at the same time, it's like, wow, you know, so long. That's got to start taking a toll on your health. And you could tell his hand was a little bit shaky. You know, he was sweating a bit. And it I was think just it's like always, uh, okay, It's uh, if you don't have a choice, you don't have a choice. You know, if yeah. you're still working a circuit, well, if you're working the circuit still 15, 20 years in, mm. maybe that's a decision you should make. You know, if it's taking a toll on your health and you just can't eat that shit food and can't stay up and drink yeah. beers every day, but you're still doing it to make it, maybe you just won't make it, or maybe it's time to, I don't know, it's up to you, it's a personal decision. Yeah. But when you do reach some level, you know, it's also a choice, what, how will you then, you know, because for example, Russell Howard, who's like 40 something as well, mm -hmm. and in that documentary he has on Netflix about him uh, get, kind of preparing for a huge tour and a show and then pandemic happened and stuff. He was stuck in a, I think in New Zealand, yeah. he was stuck in a hotel room for two weeks doing the quarantine yeah. before like some shows. And he spent every day like writing and exercising. Yeah. He would like like write bits and exercise yeah and this keep himself fit and you know it actually reminded me of someone else it reminded me of ozzy osbourne like you know the, the osbournes the tv show where he was about to go into and i never watched the, the the reality my friend i had a couple of friends who watched it who were like metalheads so they loved watching ozzy um but the one little bit i remember seeing a snippet of it and it was basically him with a train doing jogging and it was so weird to see ozzy osbourne wearing like you know tracksuit pants and like looking like a kind of a semi-football play, like, you know, that kind of like on the park play. An old guy like he is, even with the dyed black hair, you can tell he's much older. Like, you know, at this point he's in his 60s or something when it was filmed, 50s or 60s, or I think it's 60s, maybe a little bit more. And 
But he's there jogging, getting himself fit to go on tour because he's like, I need to get the cardio up. Otherwise, I will not survive the tour. Like it's important because it's so much cardio work that's required. And so all of these performers, like even like the Stones and stuff have to do workouts and they have to get their bodies up to a certain uh, certain shape in order to be able to get out and survive a freaking tour because otherwise they won't make it. Well, if if you're doing a very like physically exhausting tour, you mm. are a very energetic and you know like active comedian on stage and stuff. If we talk about stand up, then that's probably also you should be ready for that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, for example, uh, Jim Gaffigan we've had mm. here uh, as well. So yeah. like he flew in. I, I I spoke about it on one of our previous episodes. He flew in like I don't know three four in the night, went to the hotel, slept almost till the show time. Woke up, came to the venue, prepared, did the show, went to sleep. Because he's a man of certain age and he won't stay up all night drinking. Yeah. Like, had a drink after the show, I think maybe, or, or some, or tea or whatever. Chatted a bit, like, uh, with the organizers, with, yeah. with us, the producers and yeah. stuff. He was like, okay, blah, blah, thing. Yeah. I remember yeah. you guys, I remember you guys were thinking, because at first it was like, okay, we were going to go for like a drink to hang out. I remember he was like, yeah, yeah. And then after a while he was like. Actually, I want to go back to the hotel. Yeah, I'm room. super like, jet lagged. I'm like, tired, and yeah. it's gonna. And everyone just went. Yeah, fair it, enough. It was the first yeah. day of his tour. He was about to do I don't know ten shows around yeah. Europe, and you don't want to, you know, like risk it all, being hung over ten days just because first day you went you went out and you partied all night, especially again at his age. Yeah. So uh, same thing with Daryl Brian uh, when he was here as well. Like we met him briefly after his show. It was something like a Wednesday or whatever. Mm. Finished the show at maybe ten. Yeah, and. Like we met him after the show and he was already, you know, like coat, hat, I'm going to the hotel. You know, it's my, it's my nap time. You know, yeah. it's, it's my curfew because the man knows that he's doing, I don't know, like 10 more cities after that. Yeah. He's going to be flying. He's going to be tired. He's not going to go out. It's, you know, it's experience. Yeah. It's like, well, this is what I was saying. It's a, at the end of the day, it is his choice still. Yeah. Like you can choice. choose not to drink. And you, you don't have, just because you're at the bar, you don't have to, but the temptation. And even and especially the, when you're in my case, and I've made jokes about this on stage. I'm around younger comedians. Guys are in their 20s still. And all of a sudden, they're all like, let's go for drinks. And you're like, yeah, because you don't want to miss the fun. Because it is fun. It's a fuckload of fun. Like you said, you do remember those moments. Just your yeah. body also remembers it the next bloody day. But you are not... Uh, waistline. Like, at the end of the day, you are your own manager mm. let's say even if you have a manager you're a manager of yourself right of your yeah. body of your like performance etc so uh i've heard this really kind of i would say wise especially for his age or smart or inspiring thing from one of the comics here he's a guy that's maybe 26 now but he's been doing stand-up for i don't know 10 years since wow. he was a teenager basically and he got really big at one point because there was a scandal involving like some people threatening him and mm -hmm. stuff like this then he was prosecuted by the police and it was like a public court case and stuff i mean he was innocent but whatever whatever so basically then he was a guest on one really really big youtube show like an interview kind of show yeah. and stuff so he just exploded suddenly and he would sell out shows like wherever he goes, travel around, sell out shows. And he said, I used to do like, I don't know, two, three, four shows a day. Yeah. Like if I'm not doing a paid spot, I'm doing an open mic, trying some new stuff. Then I'm doing my own solo show. Then I'm doing this uh, preview of the show, whatever. And every day I would do at least one show, sometimes two, sometimes three, yeah. etc. And And he was young, I don't know, 24, 25. Yeah, at yeah this the point. energy, why not? Do and, it, do it. Yeah, but then he said like, I realized after, I don't know, six months or one year, I had a girlfriend and we broke up because I never saw her. I never, yeah. I was never home. I never spent time with her. Mo most of my friends kept asking me like, when can we hang out? And I was like, come to the show. 
Yeah. That's not hanging out. That's you being my audience. Yeah. And uh, that's the sacrifice know? part and, about and, that. And, and like I was doing fine with money. Like yeah. I started earning to pay my own flat and stuff with stand up, which I, which is a dream. Yeah. But even health wise, he was like, I would go, uh, I would wake up at 2 p.m., prepare for the show. My first show would be at six, second mm -hmm. one at eight, third one at 10. I come home at midnight or one, especially if I stay for drinks after the show. Yeah. I come, I sleep, I wake up. And that's why I've decided to do like five days a week, four days a week, even. Like mm. people, I, I would take, I don't know, Monday and Thursday are my days off, my weekend. I'm never doing shows on those days. Even if I get invited to like, you know, to do Las Vegas, I'm not going to do it. Those are my weekends, those yeah. are my weekend days. And then I will also try to, you know, like one day I'll do a five minute spot on an open mic and the next day I'll do my solo show. I won't try to cram it in the same day. Yeah. So like really kind of to actively spend time on managing my time and my schedule so I don't burn out. That's the other thing, time. Because as a comedian, when are the clubs open? When do people want to see stand up? And Never. the thing is we but the thing is we we have a hobby which can which is done at nighttime. Usually the later the better. And in, in certain circles, like from what I hear in, in places like Britain and, and America and things like that, like in the in the main hubs, London, um, LA, whatever, New York, you the shows like the clubs will be open till really late. But if you're an open micer, you're probably going to get like the graveyard shift. You could be on at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like, that's when you're doing your sets. Uh, you're not getting home until like five in the morning, six in the morning, something like that. Like, you know, you do your sets and those, even those that are big, like I remember not big, big, but like those who work many nights, I remember speaking to Stephen Carl when he was here and he was saying like he can do four or five shows in one night in one club because they had multiple floors and they had different venues. And, you know, so he's working from about nine o'clock or something like that. And then he might do like the nine o'clock show. Then he has a, some show at like 11. Then he has one at one and then he has one at four or something like that. By the time he finishes, he's done four shows in one night and then he goes home. But that means that you also sleep all through the day. Your body clock is set to a whole different rhythm yeah. and time that doesn't fit in with normal life. And, as an English language teacher, like we've both been in these kind of jobs where our time can be out of whack with everyone else's. And it does pay a little bit of a toll, like, you know, take a bit of a toll because you're eating differently to other people. What is dinner for you is breakfast. What is your lunch is something different. It's just, yeah, it's all over the place. And then what food is available when you're around, this goes back to the food that you're able to eat. But also, yeah, it's just that when, when are you awake? When are you going to sleep when everybody else is? You're sleeping while there's daylight hours. Maybe the sun's really bright and it might mean you don't get good enough sleep. That can have an effect. Well, I mean, yeah, definitely. And even if you look at, I mean, just, yeah, managing your time and how, mm. when, not even how much time you spend at the clubs and, and stuff, yeah. bars, but when is it and so on. Because even this like fictionalized versions of stand-up comedians, and we talked about some TV series that we yeah. watched and recommended like Crashing and uh, Marvel's Mrs. Maisel and stuff. I mean, she's a horrible mother. <laughs> like she never, she's never with her children because she's doing like whole Santa, evening. Yeah. She's doing the guy in crashing, his wife cheats on him and he gets divorced because he's like going on stand up. She's driving to another city. Like he's driving yeah. from New Jersey to New York or whatever yeah. to do like some open mics at 11 in, in the evening, because that's the only time when he can get a spot. And then he, you know, he's not at home yeah. with his wife who j then just gets serviced by someone else. Yeah. So, you know, like it's kind of, <laughs> I, I would say it's, of course it's fiction. It's TV. But those, like, that guy is an actual comedian, set up comedian. Mm. He wrote that series partly based on his own experience yeah. and, and so on. So, you know, it's really, 
if you are going to do this, yeah. you really have to be, I would say, strict with yourself yeah. and manage yourself well. Otherwise, you can get lost in this. You know, yeah. it's a, it's, it's, show, it's a business show. There's no business like show business. Yeah. And oh, uh, it's a weird one. Yeah. But yeah, but the thing is like, okay, so my hours now, like I finally got a job that's like during the day, it's a normal job as a, an actual teacher at a school. Problem now is even when the, the show is at eight o'clock, like on a Tuesday, I finish work, you know, it's 4.30, whatever. I'm knackered. I am so freaking knackered. Then I just go home because it's at eight o'clock. So it's not like it's at six where it's like, oh, I'll just go directly there, do my set, then go home and go to crash. No, I have to then go home because there's not enough time. So I've got two options. I either go home, I would relax there, but not really relax because pretty soon I'm going to have to go, maybe repair myself. Then I have to go do this show. By the time I finish though and then travel back home, I have to wake up at like six in the morning. So technically to get eight hours sleep, I should be in bed by 10. The show's at eight, finishes at 9.30. By the time I get home, get changed, maybe even, what, what, am I going to eat there before the show? Which means I'm eating pub, I'm having pub food again. Or I'm eating at home, but it's going to be a snack. It's going to be late. It's going to be just before I go to sleep, I'm going to eat dinner. Like it's just, it's a bit of a thing. And I, and I admit, I admit I, when I first took this job, I thought, oh, I'll be able to do weeknights now. I have not done a single weeknight, not a single weeknight. Actually, tomorrow I plan to do for the first time a weeknight because technically I'm now on a holiday. I don't have to go teach. So my, my week is free. Yeah, I think, and you mentioned like with our jobs in particular, we have a bit more different schedule than most people that work like office hours yeah. and stuff, regular nine to five or whatever, I don't know, well, 10 to seven or something like this, right? So uh, let's say that we do have a bit more flexibility or possibility mm. to perform, etc. than I would say most people. But I still think at some point, at some point, and I'm not saying either of us have hit that point, but I think you need to make that choice you know like down down which line you yeah. want to go because otherwise you're just you're hurting yourself uh with yeah. this i mean like if you try to you're just gonna burn out or you're yeah. just gonna you know so or do it like moderately just enough yeah. to, to you know each well to, this is to, made to, like the weekends basically yeah to, to scratch that itch but not too much mm. to burn out or to suffer any yeah. like serious consequences because of it like financially yeah. health wise like socially whatever i also really i actually lied uh i have done it once during the weekday it was on monday with the spanish night uh i was hosting so i did do it once and yeah i i made it because i promised that i would do it and i wanted to help out the, the spanish group because it's very there's only really two people who host so it was like us okay because you know i know natalia would like to perform and have her time so i'm like okay i'll do it and it was, yeah, it was, like I said, it was like I finished work and then I had to decide, do I go home or do I go straight to the venue? I ended up going home. I think I tried a snack. I can't remember what it was. Then I went to the show. I was knackered. I was yawning beforehand. So I'm drinking Coke before to like, you know, get a bit of caffeine in me. The thing is during the show, the show was fun. I had a great time. I also got really animated in it. Like I, I did a few act outs that went great, you know, got good laughs, everything like that. Thing is it woke me up. By the time I finished the show, I was energized again. Yeah. That was the problem. All of a sudden, I'm like, God, I could go out and have a couple of drinks with some friends and have a good time. But I've got to work tomorrow at six. So I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home and I'm going to lie in bed with my eyes wide open going, yeah, that was cool. That was a good set. Yeah. Okay. And then you have to wake up in four hours. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't fall asleep until I think around midnight or later. And yeah, I had to wake up at six. I was like, oh, Jesus. But right. it was just because, yeah, you're, oh, the, the, the big... So what? It is a rush on stage. It is a rush. And it's an adrenaline rush. That's another thing about health. The junkiness of it. The addiction that can happen. 
well, that's, I think, yeah, maybe more, uh, well, you can also get addicted to those beers and stuff or chain smoking yeah. and stuff you're doing in that group of people or in a bar usually, etc. But I would say mentally also that thing of like uh, going up on stage, getting mm. that adrenaline rush, getting like the applause and affirmation of other people, being that kind of star on stage yeah. and bringing your friends being and the rock they star. admire you, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that can also be a bit addictive and stuff. So if you're doing it properly and if people actually enjoy what you're doing, it might be a bit of, you know, right, you keep chasing that high keep chasing that rush just that feeling but i would say uh that we are i think approaching maybe that that point where we need to decide how much are we willing to sacrifice for comedy and i don't mean just stand up but even things like this podcast etc because we also yeah. you know spend some time spend some money on the equipment on the setup etc so if you want to help us with that mm. and hear more episodes and let us keep doing this podcast and our stand-up, you can, first of all, donate to Patreon. You will yeah. find the links everywhere on our social media and wherever you found this episode. But you can also like us and subscribe to us, upvote us on the platform you are listening on, as well as comment or share or subscribe to our social media, which is... Or donate to Weight Watchers because we seem to need to lose some weight. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Or, yeah, or help us uh, to, to get... Uh, Jim subscription. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know who Jim is, but I would like to subscribe to him. I heard he's really Jim, funny and good. Jim Jefferies. To yes. subscribe to Jim Jefferies. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Igor Monday. And I've been David Minos. Goodbye. See you later.